Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. It is our third episode of the week, and it comes on a Thursday, where we spoke to Tom Brady, to Chris Godwin, and a couple other players today in open locker room and up at the podium. It's pretty much the Bucks' last intense practice, I would say until their game on Sunday night football against the Cowboys. They will be practicing tomorrow, but Friday's a little bit more of a, uh, a glorified walkthrough, to say. But, of course, all eyes will be on Chris Godwin. I am your host, Matt Matera. Joining with me is J.C. Allen of PewterReport.com. J.C., I just saw you recently, but how are things since I last saw you? Matty, it, it's football season, baby. It's tonight. It's t- I woke up like it's like... Like the little kid from Stuart Little. It's today. It's today. It's yeah. today. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for some football. Uh, can't wait for the season kickoff. It's also Thor Love and Thunder. So a little appetizer, if you will, came out today before football. So what's not to love about this glorious Thursday other than the weather? I thought that movie already came out. It did, but it's on Disney+. Plus. I never got gotcha. a Gotcha. Okay, and- cool. Well, nice. There's a little excitement for you there if you want to check that out before watching the bucks uh, on sunday night another thing that you should be checking out of course is celsius energy drinks which is the providing sponsor of the pewter report podcast we love celsius energy for multiple different reasons the flavor is fantastic i got the sparkling orange which i was crushing earlier today at practice you got the uh, strawberry kiwi guava multiple different flavors course you got the vibes as well the vibes are always high whether it's the arctic peach or tropical can't go wrong there seven essential vitamins in these drinks and there's no crash there's there's none of those jitters that you get with the typical energy drink that's not the case with celsius so you got great flavor and they're becoming more and more available to a store near you so go on the store locator on the celsius website and see where you can find them also i would recommend buying them in bulk on amazon because variety is the spice of life so pick the variety pack that's what i would recommend and have it sent to your house or apartment every two weeks three weeks whatever it is just make sure you're drinking celsius energy drinks celsius live fit jc as we look at the bucks versus the cowboys going into week one um there's a lot of there's a lot of questions about the team not just playing against the cowboys but the team moving forward this season, obviously each year uh, front offices are going to make moves. There's going to, they're going to bring in new players. Some players that have been here aren't going to be there anymore. So there's definitely a couple of questions for the Bucks going into this season. But I think number one out of anything else is kind of been the topic for the last couple of days is will Chris Godwin be playing on Sunday night football? I think that's without question been the number one topic. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who suffered his torn ACL week 15 against the Saints on a contact injury hit. And we've seen how long and arduous these roads can be to recovery. We've also seen how quickly guys can come back. And Godwin, for all intents and purposes, is that guy who is on the road to being one of the quicker guys to come back from this gruesome injury. He's been practicing. You know, a lot of people, myself included, thought he'd end up on PUP to start the training camp. Missed that list, and then lo and behold, a week and a half later, Matt, not even, he's out there practicing with a brace. And then just recently this week, he's practicing without the brace, still in a non-contact jersey. But I think all those are positive signs to, to see if he'll you know, be able to go starting week one and, and, and lace up the cleats and, and put the pads on to start the season for the Bucks. And he had some interesting things to say today uh, when he met with the press uh, during open locker room. Yeah, he did. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But first, I do want to get to some of the uh, chats that we've seen from the pewter people watching the show. And we do appreciate everyone that is watching and or listening to us. Joe Grizz wants to know, uh, my biggest question is, will the roof be open on Sunday night? I don't typically know what Dallas does with that. Now, it's an- one thing that really annoys me about Cowboy State, I've never been there, so I'm, I'm only basing this off of like, you know, watching games on either prime time, well, not really prime time, but like that Fox afternoon game. It really bothers me 
the fact that they'll close the roof, but the sun will still like go through the roof, and therefore you have half the field, there's sun on it, and I'm sure it gets in the players' eyes. It's very aggravating to to actually watch. So I don't know the the ratio of like how much they leave it open, how much they, they leave it closed. I imagine it's a night game, so they'll leave it closed because you're going to have the lights on anyway. But um, anyway, that's a little observation for you. We do have a super chat from Leo. Leo. My man, Leo, always giving us a super chat. We appreciate you. He said, I'm so excited for the Bucks to shut the media heads up for talking all that smack, especially, I, especially Brady, I think he's saying about Tom Brady. Cowboys have a worse team than last year that's something that we highlighted a lot on yesterday's show which i would recommend going and watching if you haven't yet um obviously injuries with chris godwin and injuries to you know ryan jensen forces robert hainsey to be in there the aaron stinney injury whittled down the competition to nick leverett and uh luke getticky who of course is is going to win that job he did win that job as todd bowles confirmed earlier this week but the Cowboys have a lot of injuries, too. I mean, they're very depleted at wide receiver. They're obviously going with their backup tackle at left tackle. Um, so I think injuries really, while it hurts both sides, I feel like the Bucks are a little better equipped to overcome said injuries than the Cowboys are, at least early in the season when you're still trying to figure everything out. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks have done a good job of building that depth at almost every position, um, even even with guys on the practice squad as well. Uh, you look at some of the additions they made there. So right now, the Cowboys, the, the funny thing is the Cowboys knew they were going to deal, be dealing with some of these issues, and the Bucks prepared themselves against them with the signing of a Julio Jones and a Russell Gage. Um, you know, having that those offensive linemen – that they've developed in-house and, and, you know, putting extra picks, resources and picks there with a, a get a key and a Hainsey last year and bringing a guy like Fred Johnson in this year. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> they knew they were going to be out with Gallup. They knew Tyron had um, uh, Tyron Smith had injury problems, uh, injury health issues uh, that reoccur almost every year. And they didn't do much to protect against it. And now they find themselves with, you know, without their number two, and obviously James Washington's injury, who is pencils going to be the number three guy, you can't predict that. But, you know, they knew there was a good chance to be without the number two wide receiver. Now they're without their left tackle. Um, and, and they've got injuries up and down the squad right now, uh, relying on their fourth and fifth wide receivers on the depth chart. So the Jason Light and this team did a heck of a job bringing in those guys and those pieces to say, hey, if we do suffer some injuries, we trust the guys we have. We have guys in house that we've, you know, groomed and brought in here that can step in and and you know fill the void and keep the ball rolling. And the Cowboys, they are lacking that on their team. Yeah, a huge credit goes out to Jason Light in the front office for, for being able to fill so many gaps of where there could potentially be issues. I mean, at some point, if there's so many injuries that are going on, there's only so many things that you can do uh, Last to come. Yeah, exactly. Quarterback <laughs> is the first thing. That really came to mind there. Want to get to a couple more chats. And again, everyone, uh, we want the show. Obviously, the, the headline was, you know, the biggest questions facing the Bucks heading into week one. If you got a question, please let us know. We want this one to be super interactive as, as much as we possibly can. So uh, Thursday, MG- so. let's yeah, get Thursday. Let's have fun. Big <laughs> MGM says, even if Godwin doesn't play, his progress is amazing thus far. I think that's a good segue into um, the video of Chris Godwin where he spoke today, he talked about, you know, where he's at right now, both mentally and physically. Will he be playing on Sunday, which I won't spoil his answer, but, um, you know, he gives a response to that. And he talked about a couple other things too. Just the fact that um, he's really pleased with his overall process of where he's getting to now. He had some other very kind words about the rest of his receiver room and running back and running backs and tight ends. Uh, That's not in this video, but I'll talk about, that after here is Chris Godwin, the man we've all been waiting to talk to, uh, speaking with us and the rest of the media in the locker room today. Thursday, where are you at right now? And I'm going for Sunday. Where's your head at? Where's your knee at? That's a great question. Um, honestly, I think 
I think it's a very like complicated like process. Like obviously, like anytime you come off like, this, like a major injury like this, you know, you, like you never really know how you're gonna feel. Um, but like I've, I've been doing really well. Um, like y'all see me been out there practicing. I've been doing a lot of stuff, and like each day is very different like from the day before. So I think ultimately, like what it comes down to is just one how I'm feeling, and like the, and then two the discussions that I have with Coach Bowles and, and the training staff. Um, I think whenever the, uh, the time comes for the game, I think everybody will know. But until then, I'll keep it. I'm not sure. Do you feel like it's a game time? Yeah. Did you practice today? No. no. Um, and then Coach talked yesterday about, um, you know, until you get that first hit yeah. like, on that knee, and that's not something that you can simulate at practice. So yeah. Have you, have you thought, I mean, it's not something you want to think about, but have you thought about, I mean, that's a pretty common thing with guys with ACLs. you got to yeah. get hit once, and you never want to get hit, but, like, have you kind of thought about what, that'll feel like or, or prepared yourself for that moment? I mean, honestly, I, I've, I pretty much considered like most of those things, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a very like complicated, you know, injury, you know, and one that, that guys are just recently starting to like come back from, you know, pretty regularly. Um, but I, I think an interesting thing for me is like how my injury happened, it was a contact injury. So I'd imagine that there will be, you know, some kind of stuff like with that. But like you said, like you never know until you get hit. I would imagine that would be similar to how like a regular, like regular game would be for me. Like once you get hit, now you're in the game. How much I mean, that's really the key, to be honest. It's, you know, I think it's just trying to be as smart as possible. Because um, obviously like the competitor in me wants to go at, you know, as soon as I can, right. but, just you know, understanding like that I wasn't there for the end, you know, end of the season last year. Um, that stuff really gets to me. So it's about trying to be as smart as I can, trying to make the best decisions not only for myself, but uh, what I feel like is going to help the team the most down the uh, down the stretch. I don't know what your expectations for. Oh yeah, I've been I've been very pleased. Um, I think you know if anybody was going through this, you know, I, I arrived at camp the way I did. I think they'd be pleased. Um, but I, I really think that's just a testament to, you know, to, to the hard work that I've put in, to the people that have been helping me, to my support staff. Um, it's been a long, long process, but, you know, I'm just glad to really be out there with my guys, really getting to practice, and just getting to do what I love to do. Yeah, a lot of interesting information there from Chris Godwin. He said, you know, it's a complicated process, and he said it's really twofold when it comes to whether or not he'll play uh, on Sunday night, one is just overall how he's feeling. And two, uh, you know, he'll, he'll discuss it with Todd Bowles and the training stamp. I think the third one, he didn't number this as number three, but I, I he did talk about it was the fact that uh, you're not really going to know how you feel until you actually get hit in that spot, his knee where he was injured. That's something that Todd Bowles has really been hammering home a lot. And then Godwin was also asked about, if it made it easier, this recovery process, because they brought in like Julio Jones and Russell Gage and his response was, we have a loaded room of receivers that can go make plays at every level of the field. We got talented guys in the running back room and in the tight end room. We're not lacking in any way at the skill positions. So I think that really helps me in my process. It allows me to feel comfortable waiting until I feel really comfortable to go out there and play so a lot of different factors and moving parts but i think it goes back to what we were talking about jc just the depth of this team it allows for you know maybe a, a slower process to recover and shout out leo again with the super chat saying gage is being disrespected by national media still i don't know about disrespected just i don't think he's just as known as you know like julio everyone knows julio but russell gage hasn't really burst onto the scene uh just yet but you know there's still an opportunity there Right. And that's just it. Guys like Russell Gage, guys like Julio, you know, even, you know, to a lesser extent, Scotty and Darden and and Brashad Perriman, those guys have allowed him not to. OK, I got to get back. We got to get reps in. Uh, you know, we got to. Of course, that's been, you know, you heard him. He, he missed it like hell. He wants to be out there, but he's going to take it slow. And, you know, I feel like and I've said it before with Godwin's injury being a contact injury and not a open field type on a cut, it, it's going to help his help to must've helped this process um, because you're not worrying about your plant foot. You're not worrying about, um, you know, if I cut, make this cut, is this going to happen this way or anything like that? So, you know, he's going to have to go out there and he's going to have to get hit. And that's the only way he's going to know that he's ready to take contact. Um, but, you know, we know that he's ready to go out there and make plays. Um, 
you know, as a receiver, because we've seen it. We've seen him in, in practice before it got shut down to us. But catch balls, yeah. burn, take the top off the defense, take screens and turn it up field, you know, run through some minor contact on, on you know, on the upper body. But if he thinks he's ready, he's going to go. I don't know if that's week one or not. I'm still like up in the air, 50-50, whether he's going to play or not. And he said himself, he's a game-time decision. We'll have to see. But if he can't go, exactly what he said. There's enough guys on this team that can step up and make plays and, and spill, fill that role that gives him that time to come back when he really, truly does feel ready. Absolutely, 100%. And um, I will give my answer to whether or not I think Chris Godwin will play in just a moment. But if you were to bet on whether or not Chris Godwin is going to play, uh, the most opportunistic place to go and do that would be mybookie.ag. And let's remember, people, there is football tonight. Woo! Obviously, you got the Bucks and Cowboys on Sunday, but the season kicks off tonight, Thursday night, where the Bills travel to L.A. to take on the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. Hopefully, the Bucks will be the team. That is the defending Super Bowl champion next season. But as the Bills and Rams prepare to kick off the NFL regular season, now is the time to prepare for your winning season at MyBookie. Whether you're a veteran better or a first-timer, MyBookie gets you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus. It's quick and easy. A $250 deposit puts $500 in your account. Even if you learn from Plant City math, you can understand that. You can use those funds to bet instantly on as many games, contests, and props as you want. To claim your bonus, register today and use the promo code PEWTER, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, and that's designed to add more excitement to the games and sports you love. Bet on team win totals, predict the Super Bowl winner, that's where you can bet on the Bucks. or use the MyBookie Prop Builder and secure that bag. Your winning season begins today exclusively at my bookie. And once again, that promo code is pewter. So in all honesty, just my gut feeling, and this is something that Scott spoke about the other day. And I, I tend to agree with him because Scott's a very smart man, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, coverage of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think ultimately Chris Godwin will play, but I wouldn't expect a ton from him. I, I think it, it would be a very strict, Snap count, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's used kind of as a decoy at times. Again, we've seen all training camp long. He's been gradually put into this offense, going from warming up with the quarterbacks to seven-on-sevens to entire team drills. So I think because we've seen that gradual, slow, but necessary process, we kind of see that within the first one or two games of the season where Godwin's going to go in, run some routes, Get that hit that he was talking about that Todd Bowles has mentioned as well. Make himself more suitable to to not have that, you know, that mental part of, oh, well, until I get hit, until I get hit, I don't know. It's all right. You'll get, a you know, whatever it is, 20 snaps, whatever it is. I'm just, I'm not speculating that number. But I, I think we'll see a little bit of him, but not to the point where he's going to have a huge impact on the game besides just like the moral, the moral part of it of, all right, awesome. He's obviously healthy enough to start playing. Now he could really be a factor. And Godwin's talked about that too, where it's, it's all about what he's doing in November, December, and January, you know, game week one of the season doesn't matter if he's not playing at the end of the year. So I, that's just my overall take on the situation. Yeah. I mean, I can see them definitely getting him some handful of plays out there. You want to, you know, just to get that, maybe to get that hit and, and kind of get him back acclimated. But as you said, it's been a slow ramp up period. I think it just really kind of depends on the game plan as well. Like if I don't think he'll go out there to start the game. And I think if they can get, you know, Russell Gage going in that, in that Chris Godwin slot role, then maybe it's like, okay, maybe we don't need to test him out. But as someone pointed out in the chat, do you want to roll him out there for the first time against the saints? I right. Don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, I could definitely see him have, you know, a very limited, I'm talking maybe 10, 15 snaps tops. Um, if, if they are, if he is going to roll out and, and test that, test that knee out. So I don't expect, uh, I don't expect a Chris Godwin performance from him at all. If he does play, um, but you know, 
it's it's a tough decision, Matt, because even Godwin said, you know, he'd rather be there for the second half of the year, you know, than than miss and miss the first couple weeks if he needs to and make sure he's 100% for, for the second. Watching, having to watch football after he was taken out killed him. And, you know, he wants to be back out there, but at what extent and what cost? So it's – I'm still torn. I, I still – it's 50-50. I think he'll dress. I don't know if he goes out there and sees some snaps, though, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Let's talk about some of the other questions. Uh, first of all, shout out Jeff. He says, I like the idea, Matt. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. Um, we do want to get to more people's questions, but JC, what questions would you have for the Bucks heading into, you know, week one, we can stick on the offensive side. You can pretty much go anywhere with this, but what are your concerns heading into week one? I think the biggest concern for me, even more so than Godwin, because I think you have the depth is the offensive line said interior offensive line. How are they going to do? How is get going to hold up? How is Hansy going to hold up now? Again, we've talked about this. The Cowboys defensive tackles aren't necessarily world beaters by any extent, but still, it's a full game. It's not a rep. It's not a series. It's not, you know, two series. It's a full game that you're tasked to go out there. It counts. The mistakes mm. you made need to be corrected if they are, if there are any quickly by the next play. You need to have a goldfish mind. Shout out Ted Lasso. And you need to just be able to move on and, and do your job and do it well. Uh the last thing you need is Tom Brady getting killed out there in week one. And I think they've done a great job of getting all the guys on their team prepared. Uh, Brady's done a good job of, of, you know, getting in his offensive lineman's ear. And, and I talked to Julian Edelman last week and, and he's, you know, Brady is so good at protecting himself. He'll go out there and he'll Linda calls that Hainsey made and say, no, this guy's the mic slide protection one way or the other to buy him that extra time. Shaq Mason, not worried about him. He knows Brady. They know each other. They've got that cohesion and chemistry. Uh, and, and obviously the bookend tackles, I think, are fine. But, you know, if they do some some stunts and some twists and different maneuvers to get Micah Parsons up the middle um, and they can, you know, give him that just enough room to get to Brady, that's where you start to worry. So offensive line needs to make sure that, their play is up to par. They're protecting Brady at all costs, but they're also playing smart. We don't need penalties setting this team back either. Um, it, it's I think that's the biggest thing that I'm not just for the game one, but for the season is how does that offensive line come together? How quickly does it come together? And what do they look like when they're faced with with pressure, uh, especially coming up the middle where Brady and every other quarterback doesn't like to get pressured. Yeah, it's very well put. We we spent a little bit of time talking about Luke Edicke yesterday because I think he's probably overall the quote-unquote weakest link of the offensive line just because, you know, obviously Hainsey's in a similar situation. He's never started a game in the NFL, but he at least has a year under his belt where for Gedeke, it's just, all right, you're out there, buddy. Like, <laughs> have a good time. You're you're the new <laughs> starter for the Bucks. But his struggle going into it was dealing with the overall speed, which I was talking about yesterday, I felt was a little surprising for the fact that he's going to be quick on his feet from the fact that he was a tight end, the fact that he went from tight end to tackle, and tackle is usually a, a more mobile position. He's just dealing with those speedy edge rushers. And so you're getting a quicker guy, but playing offensive guard, but it just hasn't necessarily been the case. And yeah, I agree with you. If I'm the Cowboys, I'm straight up just like sending Micah Parsons up the middle as much as possible. I mean, we're talking about a guy. I mean, the Bucks got lucky last year when you really think about it because, yeah, they played the Cowboys week one, but Micah Parsons didn't wasn't like the Micah Parsons that he ended up being by the end of the right. season. Um, so now you're dealing with the guy that is – one of the best pass rushers in the league. And, you know, he's getting comparisons to LT. And obviously I don't think that's a good one yet. He's only a second year player, but I understand what people are talking about where like he moves around. He does so many different things. So why not get the best advantage that you can possibly get, which would be attacking the interior offensive line of the Bucks. Meanwhile, the Bucks defensively are going to be attacking the outside of the Cowboys offensive line because you have 
uh, one guy who, again, is the backup that's playing there because th- their main starter got injured. And on the other side, with Steele, he's nah. going into his second year. It was an undrafted free agent. That's not taking anything away from him. I mean, like shout out to him for, you know, working his way to become a starter. But he played two different positions last year. He's more comfortable on the right side. But it, it's very funny that the Cowboys are going to be attacking the Bucks interior offensive line while the Bucks will be attacking the tackles of the Cowboys. It's a little <laughs> little game of chess there. Right. And, and one thing about, you know, the Cowboys – if they do try to attack the you know outside of, in those tackles in that matchup, they're gonna have their hands full because guess who's back at practice as a full participant this uh, today? Trisha Wirfs injury report came out. He was a full participant, so he's ready to go. Just like we thought, always thought he would be, but that just says that you know that oblique uh, is nothing to worry about and. He's going to be able to handle those guys coming up from the outside. But, Matt, it is it is a little bit uh, of that game of chess back and forth. And it's going to be that way, too, with the wide receivers, even though, you know, the Cowboys are down, um, you know, most of their. But, you know, CeeDee Lamb is one of the best wide receivers, and Carlton Davis is going to have his hands full trying to cover him. If he if he spies him the entire game, we'll see with that. But the Bucks have a challenge ahead of them, too, with that with those wide receivers. And we, we kind of talked to those them. Uh, Mike Evans and and um, you know Julio Jones and talked about them and they said, listen, these guys are they get their hands on the ball, uh, they can create turnovers. We know that they've really improved from year one to year two. And at the end of the day, we just have to you know play our game. And you know they we have an advantage where they have to cover us. We're not covering them. Uh, yeah. So you know it that that's going to be another chess match too and it's there i think there there's some of those all over the field and you know much has been made about Julio Jones missing you know that time with Brady having veteran days off and Brady having the 11 day how quickly are they going to be on in sync uh when when they're out there and i think they'll be fine for the most part but i would not you know you could definitely see some some of those plays where he's in the wrong spot and Brady gets aggravated and starts dropping f bombs on the field so <laughs> Yeah, that's something that Julio was actually asked about today, and he downplayed. He said it wouldn't be an issue at all, and he really highlighted the fact that, yeah, you know, we see them on the field, and if Brady's not there or Julio gets a vet day, which he did yesterday, he did return to practice uh, today on Thursday, but you don't see them, like, inside the halls of the Bucks facility unless we're in the locker room. Like, you don't see the amount of work that they put in uh, behind the scenes. So that was something that Julio really highlighted and of course we spoke to tom brady today there was a bunch of different things uh that he spoke about and got into but we do have a video clip here of brady talking about julio jones and then also you know what he's seen from the cowboys as he faces them week one because there was that very funny comment you'll hear a little laughing from uh our friend jenna lane from espn because there was a question asked about mike and parsons had this comment of like why he loves and respects Tom Brady so much is because the competitor that he is, like he wants to smash, he wants to stomp you like a bug. Like he wants to squish you like an insect. And so Tom was asked about that. So here's Tom talking about Julio, the Cowboys, and that comment made by Micah, uh, Micah Parsons. Yeah, he's a, uh, obviously he's a great player, but um, I think he's a great teammate too. You know, you just sense that he's here for all the right reasons. And uh just been really fun to get to know. I said, watching him for a long time, obviously admired his ability to play and play at a high level. And, uh, you know, I've been on the other sideline watching him, you know, be a dynamic player. So um, just been always enjoyable to get to know different guys. And he's one of the one of the great players in the league. So to add him to, you know, that receiver room of, of uh, Chris, Mike, and, um, you know Russ and BP and Scotty. It's there's a lot of a uh, lot of good experience in there. A lot of good football players. A lot of great teammates. Your years of um, <laughs> quotes where guys have admired you. What you thought of that analysis from Micah? Oh man, that's interesting. Yeah, I, you know I just try to go win. So at the end of the day, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to hurt anyone. Just trying to go out there and do my job as best I can. But I'm going out there with a lot of good players. That's the best part for me as a competitor. And going to compete is going with a group of teammates you really believe in. So 
it's not one player they're dealing with, they're dealing with all of us. And, you know, the more we can communicate, the more we can be on the same page, the more we can play together as a team, I think we're the, the tougher we are to beat. I understand you've been providing. Brady, uh, I actually asked Tom Brady as well about how Chris Godwin has looked uh, practicing with him. And he said he's done a great job. It's a significant injury that he's faced. It was a big hurdle for him to overcome. That rehab is really tough. Someone who's been through a torn ACL and a contact ACL, that's a very difficult injury. But he took it head on, and he's done a great job. Chris is a guy, talk about having an advantage of your opportunity. Chris has done that. He Or taking advantage of your opportunity. Chris has done that. He's a great professional. He's a great leader. Always here to bring positive energy to what he's doing. He's very talented. Outside of his skill set, I think his attitude is what makes him such a great player and a great teammate. So a lot of kind words from Tom Brady about Chris Godwin and Julio Jones. And um, it's always fun when Tom's up there. You never know what you're going to get. Like, sometimes he'll just give the ultimate filibuster. You know, this player's great. That player's great. Our whole team's great. Names <laughs> all the starters. Um, sometimes he'll, like, play, play along and, like, answer some, like, you know, not as serious questions, I guess, is, is one way to put it. But I thought Tom was not that he's here to entertain us. Like we want to get information out of him, which I think we did with the Julio and Chris Godwin stuff and and other things that he talked about today. But uh, it was a little bit of a different Tom Brady than we saw in his last two press conferences, which were months ago, right before the Dolphins tampering. And then, of course, he did the post game after after the Colts where he said uh he's got a lot of stuff going on. So it was more, a different Brady. <laughs> more jovial today, you know, he's more, you know, kind of in the I think he's just amped up for the season to start. You know, it's he, he made the decision to return. Uh the you know whatever's going on in his personal life is his personal life. But season's here now. So now the focus is dialed in and you know we, we had him laughing a few times in, in some of those questions. So uh but again he he gave solid answers on, on a variety of things, you know, talking about, you know, Godwin and Julio and Rashad white and, and mm -hmm. where those guys are. So um, Tom's dialed in, like there's no, any, anyone who thought that those 11 days were going to make any difference to, to this bucks team or where Tom would be at mentally. And, and Jenna point points that out so well in, in her ESPN hit, his ability to carp, um, compartmentalize is just, out of this world, you know, if it, between his father hospitalized with COVID, his mother, uh, you know, hospitalized with, with cancer, anything that's going on at, at home right now or personal life. When it comes to time to lace up, you know, the cleats and throw the helmet on, Tom Brady is going to do the damn thing on the field. And he's not going to let any of that stuff distract him or get in his way. And he's going to be able to focus and, and, and give a great performance that he's capable of doing. So, I mean, no worries on Tom Brady's end at all for, for this season. I, I think he's going to be just fine, and I would not be surprised to see him as a league leader in yards and touchdowns again this year. Yeah, that's very true. I don't know about yards because I think the Bucs are going to run the ball a little bit more, and I think because of all the talent that they have at, at wide receiver, um, you know, teams are going to play too high safety, don't want to allow, like, the deep ball. And as vertical as the Bucs – want to go i think they might have to settle for a couple of things underneath it doesn't mean that they won't have success on the offensive side of the ball i just think if they're running it more that's obviously going to take away from brady's uh you know passing yards overall but yeah i, I do think you know he could he very much will be in the running for mvp could lead the league in touchdowns again because you know he's just a dynamo when it comes to playing in the red zone and you mentioned, like, you know, not having to worry about how Brady's going to be, like, focus-wise this season. Another thing you really wouldn't have to worry about is managing your money if you're working with Immuni Financial. Oh. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. You We're so happy Thank you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Aim Uni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Guys, you know where we got to go. We got to get to Colorado. Colorado. 
When you're managing your family's wealth, go to Immuni Financial because it's simply more than allocating your assets. Pewter Report trusts Immuni Financial with our investments and retirement funds, and you should trust them too. Call 1-800-868-6864 and talk to David or Mark. They're awesome people over there because they'll tell you all about the different kinds of services that they have and provide. There's legacy planning, brokerage, and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and much more. Once again, the number is 1-800-868-6864. Get started with Immuni Financial today. JC, we talked a lot about the offense, so I do want to switch over a little bit to the defensive side of the ball. I did see one chat in here. Someone was asking if Russell Gage was running at full speed. Uh, yeah, he's he's been practicing for a while now. He's good to go, so no worries there. Uh, with with Russell Gage, who, again, will probably have an even larger role, a bigger role in game one because of the status of Chris Godwin. But let's focus on the defensive side of the ball. I think there are less questions when it comes to them because you have all the starters locked in place, not as much injury worries except for, you know, like Keanu Neal. He's going to be ready for the first game of the season, but he was a guy that got injured a little bit early on. I think, and feel free to agree or disagree with me, but I guess when it comes to questions on the defensive side of the ball, it really comes down to just depth at the cornerback position. It's something that we spoke about before, but I truly believe this is going to be a top five defense for the Bucs this season, and I'm not saying cornerback is going to be the one thing that holds them back, but that would be my biggest concern slash question for the Bucs, and that's, you know, outside of Carlton Davis, what are you going to get from the rest of the group? Yeah, I, I agree 100% top five defense, if not top th three defense in the league. If you read my bold predictions, I think this team is not only going to eclipse 50 sacks, something they've only done once in their in their storied franchise, um, but I think they're going to lead the league in sacks. I just think this team has the type of talent that can get after the quarterback from every single level. Uh, as far as cornerback position, I Agree to an extent. I think that depth is only a problem once injuries, if injuries start to set in like they did last year. I, I, I'm very, very comfortable with uh, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean out there. I think Carlton Davis uh, has been one of the better coverage guys in the league. Uh, been able to lock down. You've heard me list off the names, on, including one of them who's on the team now, and Julio Jones, who he's locked down in the past. Um, and I think he can. He's got that ability to do that against you know some of the best. Court. The thing with him is turnovers, and we heard him talk this offseason about wanting to play more offensively on defense. And uh, you know he, he had some nice moves in, in camp to get some interceptions. Uh, and Jamel Dean as well. He's another guy who is going to be able to. You know, one of the best cornerbacks in the league last year, the best cornerback per PFF and impressed man coverage. And we'll see if that's the type of style they're play they're going to play. I mean, Todd Bowles has often said, you know, you've got to kind of evolve your defense every couple of years. And we're kind of seeing that this year with the athleticism on the defensive line, the you know, flexibility they have with the safeties. Um and being able to drop a guy like Antoine Winfield as your slot guy and have uh, just a versatile group of rotations in there with Keanu Neal and, and Logan Ryan. Um, so I think the secondary is going to really shock some people. I think, you know, between the cornerbacks and, and the safeties, we're going to look into this like, wow, you know, that secondary was kind of a weakness, but I think they can turn into one of the strengths of, of this unit as well. And part of that's going to be because of the the front seven, you know, getting so much pressure and, you know, quarterbacks having to get rid of the ball quicker and making quicker throws and um, not letting routes develop. And, and you know, Jamel Dean, who Todd Bowl said, you know, he's, he's gotten better at, and Casey Rogers better at understanding the defense from, um, you know, from a smarts perspective and knowing when he can take those chances and those risks. Uh, same thing with, with Carlton Davis. He's been one of those guys. He just leads the league in pass deflection since 2019. He just needs to catch the damn ball. Um, so, you know, with the additions uh, in the front seven and the speed and versatility they have now with Hall, with Akeem Hicks, and, and with JTS as a full-time starter, I, I think there's opportunities for them to really become a strength of, of this unit um, by not only their coverage skills, but their ability to attack the ball, make turnovers, and at least, you know, kill drives with, with pass deflections and, and the like, plus blitzing too. 
Yeah, going to Dean, I'm not really worried about him. I like him as a corner. He's fast. I think he plays tight coverage. You you just threw out that stat uh, a couple of minutes ago, but, or a couple seconds ago, I guess I should say, about like how good he's been uh, in that press man coverage. So I, I never really thought it was a competition. The coaches <laughs> obviously did, and they know a lot more than I do. But I didn't really see it as a competition between Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting. It was just whether or not Jamel Dean would hold up his end of the bargain, which he absolutely did. We got a and question thing, here. Yeah, go ahead. You said just on Dean. One thing about Dean, too, is what we didn't see last year that we saw in previous years is the double moves. He used to get mm. faked out by those double moves yep. all the time, and we saw him kind of – and that goes another thing with the progression and knowing the defense and, and you know, just having that ability to, you know, get that information down. We haven't seen that really last year. So that has been a big improvement of his as well. And one that I think was detrimental to his game and him lasting on here in Tampa. Wanted to get to uh, one question from Jacko about Logan Hall. But first, I do want to remind everyone about what's coming up this weekend. Of course, we are going to have the Pewter Report tailgate show that will be live at Walk-Ons over in Wesley Chapel. It'll be two hours prior to kickoff. Um which will be about 6 o'clock, 6.20. It will be J.C. Allen and Scott Reynolds uh, as well going live with the show. And then myself and Josh Capo will also be uh, will be on about half an hour before the game starts, which will be a lot of fun. Josh Capo is our salary cap guru, does a lot of great uh, video breakdown. He had one of Akeem Hicks that came out over Labor oh. Day weekend. Awesome. I would highly, highly recommend watching that tape. I mean, we've only seen so much of, you know, of Keem Hicks in preseason games because he only played, you know, in that one uh, against the Colts. But he points out the different moves that he had, what he did great, what he, you know, what he's going to do with helping this defense. So make sure you go and you check that out. It's the... uh Celsius Pewter Report Tailgate Show presented by Age Rejuvenation and live from Walk-Ons. And of course, as I mentioned, the Peter Game Day Show, the Celsius Peter Game Day Show going on uh, myself and Casey Hudson. We'll be reacting to everything happening in the Bucks cowboys game, whether it's good, bad, ugly, beautiful, gorgeous, whatever is going on, myself and Casey will be dissecting it and like i said i'm gonna give you my energy i'm gonna give it my all uh i went pretty wild in the colts game especially that jets game uh plan on bringing the same exact energy for the uh, live in-game stream the pewter game day so make sure you check all of that out that's going to be on sunday so a ton of content that you could see from pewter report and of course our pewter report tv youtube channel please make sure that you like and subscribe so we can get all that content out to you right there. All right. Uh, if you guys are in the Wesley Chapel area, definitely swing by walk-ons. We're going to be doing giveaways, drink specials. The food is on fire over there. It's so good. Me and Matty ate their lunch uh, the other day. We did. And I actually had it the other day. So Plus, you're supporting Devin White. So why not? It's, uh, it's a great place to go chill, watch the game, and have, a, have some beers. So see you guys there. Yeah. And John Gilmore, I should have mentioned, will also be part of this. Yes. Uh, will be part of the Peter Tailgate show, former Buccaneers tight end. So very excited to have John Gilmore with Scott and JC for uh, the first game. And John Gilmore will be on all the shows, whether it's at Wesley Chapel or the walk-ons on in Midtown. So very excited about that. As well, let's get to the question from Jacko. It was about Logan Hall. Uh, have to find it here. Yeah, he said, "What? What do you all think about Logan Hall?" I think Logan Hall quietly has had a pretty good preseason. I think it's been overshadowed by a lot of different things, most notably Vita Vea and Akeem <laughs> Hicks. What they've been doing, I think the defensive unit as a whole, running more stunts and twists and everything like that. Uh, and we saw it in the preseason games, guys like Pat O'Connor, friend of the program, getting sacks, uh, a couple other players really getting into the mix. But Logan Hall, the best thing that could happen to him is having an under-the-radar type of training camp in preseason because he he's not going to be asked to be the savior of the defensive line. They didn't really need one in the first place because they have a, a ton of talent. 
anyway. But I like the fact that he can go in there, help this team out. He's going to play. He's going to get snaps. He's just not going to be the starter. That's going to be Akeem Hicks role. But we don't know how long Akeem Hicks is going to be here. We know that Logan Hall, no pun intended, is going to be here for the long haul. So it's, <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, that was, uh, that was not on purpose. But, <laughs> that's a clear, that's a Matty move right there. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But speaking of Matthews, we got another super chat from Matthew. Thank you so much. He says, our pass rush in the witness was, uh, I think he's trying to say, our pass rush was in the witness protection program last year. And without it, our DBs don't have a chance talent-wise uh, too long versus the QBs we play 22-23. Well, I think a couple of things are going to change there, Matthew. One, you talk about the pass rush. Joe Tryon-Shanka is the full-time starter at outside linebacker. So I think we're going to see a lot more quickness to the ball from the outside and the maybe not the number one priority, but a main focus of the Bucks coaching staff and front office this offseason was getting quicker on the interior defensive line, specifically with the pass rush. That's exactly what they did with Akeem Hicks. That's exactly what they did with Logan Hall. It's kind of like what I was just talking about with the stunts and twists and everything. That's another element that they did not use last year that they will be implementing this season. And of course, I think a healthier Levante David blitzing. I think Devin White getting back to the 2020 version of Devin White or just an overall better linebacker is going to help else yeah. everything else out. So um, I'm not worried about the the pass rush, and obviously neither are you, JC, with your with your bold statement of getting over 50 sacks, which I do agree with you on that. Yeah, I think we mentioned Logan Hall. I mean, that's a perfect guy. Talking to Keem Hicks, yeah. talking to Will Golson, they mentioned that ability, you know, on their own. Like, he's going to bring that pass rush. He's going to be able to, you know, that quick twitch movements he can do, the stunts that you just mentioned. You know, that's going to be Logan Hall being able to do that. And, and they can get really creative out there, especially with the depth they have at, at outside linebacker where they potentially could – you could see Logan Hall and JTS uh, – in there at the same time as down linemen and being able to do some really unique athletic things. There's just so much versatility that bowls can utilize with this team. And I think that, you know, the pass rush is going to be there in, in a multitude of variety of ways. First of all, the outside linebackers, I think Shaq moving back to that right side predominantly where mm -hmm. he has been really successful is going to help him tremendously. I have him hovering at 15 sacks this year. I think he's going to get back. He had 10 last year and missed three games. So 15, I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. That is more natural position that he like enjoys playing better. They'll use, they'll move him around. He's not going to be there just, you know, the entire time, but I think that's going to help him as well. And at JTS, I think JTS is in line for double digit sacks as well. You know, I think 10 sacks is not out of the realm of possibility. I know Carmen Vitality just went on former Bucks uh, writer for the, for the Bucks, she went on uh, Kay Adams' new show and said the yep. same thing. And a lot of us here have talked about JTS being able to get those 10 sacks. Then you're looking at con contributions from elsewhere. Keem Hicks, maybe six. Vita Vea, another five. Uh, you know, Will Golston, four. These are going to start adding up like crazy because there's the pass rush is going to be the addition of Vita Vea and uh, Akeem Hicks next to Vita Vea. And I talked to Vita about this today is – no longer is Vita Vey the only one taking double teams, guys. He's not the only one. And, you know, to Sue, he he did take some double teams as well. But when you have Akeem Hicks, you're able to pass one double team off to the other guy. And both of those guys have athleticism. Vita Vey was a running back in high school. You know, they yeah. both have the speed and athleticism to, to use that to get to the quarterback. So when you're taking on that double team, three blockers is is like minimum for Akeem Hicks and Vita Vea. They're taking up three blockers every time they're out there on the field together. When you're able to pass that double team off and get to the quarterback, and you got to remember now with, with three blockers on two guys, that opens up things for everybody else. I think Levante David gets more sacks, and we saw that in the preseason game. I think Devin White reaches closer to that nine number he had in 2020, closer to seven-ish sacks. And then we're not even counting on cornerback blitzes and safety blitzes. Logan Ryan's been a heck of a blitzer his entire career. Antoine Winfield playing out of that nickel spot. It's got the speed, the strength to get in there. And it, the pass rush, uh, as you said, witness protection, they're out. They've done their time. They're coming out, and they're coming straight for the Gotties and straight for the Sopranos. And and yeah. they're they're not playing around. They're going to get after them, and they're going to crush some people this season, in my opinion. 
I like this comment here from Matthew Sams for multiple reasons. One, his name is Matthew, so I like that. Two, I agree with his statement, Hicks and Bayer are scary. I agree with that. And three, and this is last but certainly not least, uh, you could really number them in any order. Uh, he's got a picture of a dog as, as his uh, as his graphic, which is awesome for multiple uh-huh. reasons. Uh, one of them being, it reminds me of Underdog Fantasy, which of course Ooh. today is the last day to get in on Best Ball Mania 3. Get it done before the Rams and Bills kick off today, uh, later tonight. I think, what time does that game start? Around 8.20, I think? 8.20, yeah. So still time to get your Underdog Fantasy team right then and there. Uh, $2 million goes to the first prize, but like, like it shows here, $10 million overall in prizes. It's a great way to get involved. You just pick your team, set it and forget it. Don't need to worry about the bye week or anything else. You just go and pick your team and then see if you win. Uh, But then, of course, once Best Ball Mania 3 is done, there is also the uh, the pick-ems all season long, which is so much fun. It's the easiest way to get some action on the NFL. That's with Underdog Fantasy and their pick-em game. Uh, Just pick an over-under on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code PEWTER. Get your first deposit matched up to $100 by Underdog. Again, if you learn from Plant City Math, and shout out to Zach Blobner. Him and his wife just bought a house over in Plant City. Uh, but even if you learn from Plant City Math, <laughs> Zach's an awesome guy. His, his wife is awesome too. Um, get your first deposit match up to $100 by Underdog Fantasy. Promo code Pewter. JC, I think the last thing we really have to talk about as we start to wrap things up here is the special teams. Outside of Ryan Suckup, uh, there's a lot of other question marks. R- most notably, or most damning, I guess you could say, would be just the overall coverage, specifically yeah. in punt return. But that really concerns me going into this season. Yeah, I, I think, you know, with Rashad White named as the team's kick returner, I liked what I saw out of him. I know, you know, Scott doesn't like running backs as returners, but I liked what I saw out of him. And when you talked, uh, when we talked to Bulls the other day, he had some good things to say about him. Uh, Jalen Darden, if you guys read my bold prediction, I think he, I think he brings one to the house this year as a punt returner. So I'm not where I think he puts it together, but coverage, Matt, you are so right. What I saw in that Indianapolis game and that Titans game was atrocious. Um, I know they're rotating a lot of guys in and out, uh, trying to get different looks, and that's that. What we saw there is not going to be what the teams teams is going to look like um but these guys got to show up and i think that's part of the reason why you saw um some of these signings a guy like kenny young a guy uh you know a guy like Jannard avery who's played some special teams you know those linebacker types which you have on punt coverage because you need them to run right you're not putting vita veo on punt coverage uh yeah. so i think that's why you saw some of these guys get signed and uh in case the the guys they have on the roster falter but O three 3 needs to show up. Kenny Britt needs to show up. The yep. Gunners, whoever they are, if they're going to be Scotty, if they're going to be Dean, if they're going to be Delaney, like they they have to make tackles on the first hit and they have to get down there in time to either force a fair catch or at the very least, you can't be giving up seven, eight, nine yards or a return and certainly no big ones. You, you got to be able to wrap up, tackle, and get them down quick because, man – it did not look good in the preseason. It does not look good last year. It did not look good the year before. The Bucks special teams coverage units have, you know, ran in last place or close to last place the last three years. And Keith Armstrong needs to get his group in shape because you can lose on special teams. We've seen it. Field positions, everything. And, yeah, and- that that could be what it comes down to is flipping that field position with either great or subpar uh, special teams work. And we've seen that kind of hurt the Bucks. Yeah, previously, not to the point. I mean, it's hurt them. Obviously, they were still able to win the Super Bowl in 2020 and have a great season last year. But sooner rather than later, it's it's really going to hurt them with the the lack of production on special teams. There's been some reports from uh, Cowboys reporters and writers about Dak Prescott. I will read that in just a moment. 
But first, I do want to tell you guys about Pin Chasers, the best place to go bowling. There are so many different uh, locations, as you see on the screen here. East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown, and Veterans. Uh, there's one pretty close to the Avonhill Training Center where the Bucks have their practices. Uh, there's a different deal for everyone. If you go to pinchasers.net, you could see all the deals they have pretty much on a daily basis, from all-you-can-eat pizza to all-you-can-bowl and dollar beers. Great deals. Brunch on the weekends. The food is underrated. I'm talking about the pizza, nachos, chicken tenders, you name it. It's all great food. It's a great night out with friends and family. You could also book your kid's birthday party there. Uh, they have the arcade room so the kids can bowl and play video games all in one birthday party. It's a great night out with friends and family. And I know we're in September, but if you want to book your office, work, whatever it may be, if you want to book your holiday party, I would recommend doing that sooner rather than later because the Christmas parties do start filling up pretty quickly. So I know it's a couple months from now, but start getting on that sooner rather than later. And uh, pin chases would be a great place to have your office holiday party. So again, go to pinchasers.net, see what deal that they have out there for you, because there is one that you are going to like. That's pinchasers.net. So the news coming out of the Cowboys and with uh, Dak Prescott, David Moore tweeted, Dak Prescott swears he will play Sunday, but he was forced to leave Thursday's practice and will show up as limited on the injury report with an ankle. The QB said it was an issue with the new cleats he wore. Backup quarterback Cooper Rush got the reps with the starters. Clarence Hill Jr. pretty much saying the same thing, said uh, Dak Prescott left today because he had an issue with his surgically repaired ankle uh, caused by the Jordan 11s he was wearing in practice. Uh, Prescott said he is fine and won't be limited on Sunday. So, I don't know. Take that for what you will. Sometimes you want to look good. Well, Deion Sanders always said, look good, feel good, play good. So uh, <laughs> Dak trying to thread the needle there. Yeah, blame it on the Jordan 11s. Come on, guy. What are you, what are you doing here? Speaking of Jordans, Devin White, guys, his Jordan collection in his locker room <laughs> is outstanding. They they fall out to the floor. So it's great. But I think Dak will be fine. He'll be there. I'm not worried about that. Um, you know what I am, if I'm a Cowboys fan, what I am worried about is CD getting open and these other guys getting open enough, not for him to get destroyed behind that makeshift offensive line with the Bucks, uh, front seven coming after him. But I think, I don't think this is anything to cause pause for and be alarmed about that. Dak isn't going to play. If he doesn't play Cooper rush, bring it on, you know, but right. <laughs> I don't think that's an issue. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that obviously Bucks fans want to see the Bucks win no matter oh, what, no. but it would kind of it would kind of put a a damper on like what should be an exciting game, you know, braiding the Bucks, Dak Prescott and the, you know, and the Cowboys fun game last season. I think it'll be a little bit of a different game uh this year. JC, do you want to give actually I was going to say give your predictions, but we do have the Peter report uh, predictions and preview coming out or preview and prediction that's coming out tomorrow on Friday. Just remember reminder for everyone. We got the Peter report tailgate show, the Celsius Peter report tailgate show presented by age rejuvenation live at walk-ons. It's two hours before kickoff. So round six, six twenty. start watching six twenty on our YouTube channel. And then once that's done, we're still going to be on our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV, with the Pewter Game Day Show presented by Celsius. Myself and Casey Hudson will be watching the game live, giving our analysis, reacting to everything that goes on in the game. And then when the game is finished, you can also tune in on Peter Report TV for the Pewter Post Game Show, of the Peter Report podcast on Sunday night, probably early Monday morning, but we'll yeah. still be putting out a show for you because we love the pewter people. So still a lot of fun stuff going on. Football starts tonight. Very excited for that. You got college football again on Saturday, some good games going on there. And then the NFL full slate of games on Sunday, ending with at least on Sunday with the bucks and Cowboys on Sunday night. I'm very excited yes. for all this. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah, and, and even Monday, Russ's return. So I mean, yeah. like, football all the way through. I will. I'm not going to give a prediction, but I will give. 
I will give my DFS guy my my if you got to target one guy for the Bucks for daily fantasy, whether whether you're playing underdog, whether you're playing whatever you're playing, I think Russell Gage is going to have a game. I don't know how how much Chris Godwin's going to be out there to eat into those snaps, but I think Russell Gage. If you're going to start Russell Gage in fantasy and you know daily fantasy anything. I will say Russell Gage is a guy that I'm looking at to put up some serious numbers and, and points this week. But that's good just choice. I, I I've picked him on a couple of different uh, teams and things like that. So very excited for Russell Gage. Very excited for the Bucks game on Sunday night. Remember, we got the Peter Tailgate show, we got the live in-game stream, and we got the post-game podcast as well. So stay tuned for all of that. For J.C. Allen, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everyone, for watching and listening, and we will see you on Sunday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.